Hey everyone, I'm doing another audio podcast. I have indeed now skipped a week of podcasting. So I apologize. And once again, I'm going through some pretty heavy stuff. Um, The person that I lost was in my immediate family. So that's a really big deal, but I still want to continue on and show up for you guys and share my thoughts as long as I can can articulate some. Um, And that was my goal for the year was to release a podcast episode every week of the year. And technically, and here's a little loophole here for my brain, technically I am releasing a podcast episode every week because I have another podcast that is children's meditations. And as soon as I put them on to the podcast streaming apps, because I already had them on YouTube, I realized, oh my gosh, this is another avenue for reaching my goal. And then I had to be more specific, but still kind of overcomplicated in my brain. Um, So there's that little, little loophole in my subconscious, but I'm determined to keep going with this podcast and be as committed as I can. And I know it's normal for other people to take breaks and skip weeks in their podcasts too. So I'm going to stop apologizing about it and talking about it because you don't need to hear about it every single week. But here I am creating this audio podcast and I thought today I'd talk about how to cope when life throws you big curveballs because being neurodivergent, having change happen in your life can be a big deal. It can easily throw you out of routine. You can um, stop using your strategies quite so much. For myself, I have stopped exercising um, pretty much fully. I'm trying to get back into it with some stretches and things. And there is no try, only do, as Yoda said, but it's important to be gentle and loose about these things when you are building back up from scratch. My sleep has also been impacted, which is of course another massive thing for ADHD. And because I'm under stress, my entire executive functioning is lowered. So I'm not eating as healthily either. And I just don't have quite so much of an appetite. So all these coping mechanisms, all these pillars of the energy impress method have been impacted. Now, the thing about these pillars is that they hold us up. They keep us steady. But even if they are low, there is still some amount of support and then we can build those pillars back up as well. So as much as possible, I've been making sure that I do eat at least. Um, And I had a friend of mine who's also neurodivergent just remind me that comfort foods are okay in times like this. And I'm being more flexible with my food. I wouldn't say I necessarily have any comfort foods. Yesterday I had grain waves for lunch though, because it was the only thing I kind of felt like. And that's um, very unlike me, but just finding things to eat. And then I can build back up that habit of eating more healthily. It's so much easier to build back up from something then to start from absolute zero. So when I look at the big list of exercise that I was doing, and I think I've spoken about this in a past um, podcast episode, that 
I had a big list, but it didn't feel huge because I had that momentum and it was less than an hour's exercise anyway. At the moment, that feels huge to me. So in the morning, I'm just trying to do a few stretches or get on the treadmill or even just go for a walk at some point during the day, whatever I can use to motivate my brain and be really gentle and have that really small, more easily achievable goal. And the same with food, just eating something, keeping that habit um, and then building back up as my capacity increases back up. But dealing with the change itself, like executive functioning aside, can be kind of difficult to process if it's a big and sudden change. I saw a video short yesterday um, from an ADHDer who said that they have a grief draw. So anytime something makes them feel grief, and I'm sure this happens for a lot of other feelings as well, it goes in a draw of the brain and you know, it's not a physical actual draw, but it's a metaphorical draw. And things can trigger it to open that draw back up. And that's kind of suppressing things. But also, like I find with this grief that I'm going through, my brain is bringing it to me in small doses, little memories, little moments of feeling upset and then... I pull myself back together, um, or not pull myself back together, but it's like that wave that I spoke about in the last podcast, rather than a roller coaster, these waves of emotions and dealing with it in those small doses, which feels like a small exposure to really understanding and conceptualizing and accepting the new reality and the big change that has happened and the it kind of builds up my tolerance to it that's what I feel like is happening and what the brain is doing if you've gone through a massive change and it's really in your face it can be really confronting so sticking to the things that make you feel really grounded grounded in normality grounded in what your life was like before. And when I talk about these big changes, it could be anything. It could be moving house, changing relationship, having a baby, um, living in a new place, losing a loved one, getting a new job, whatever it is. Any of those things, finding what makes you feel normal and ties you back to familiarity and what your life was like beforehand. So that could be like a particular place you would go or a little habit you had or a particular TV show, a comfort TV show, comfort foods, um, sensory things, an activity, a self-care activity perhaps. For myself, I know just in my ordinary life, I have a really strong need for an ongoing TV show. I love to have a show that has a lot of seasons so that when I need comfort TV, I can sit down to that show and it really grounds me and regulates my emotions and gives me that escape. Whereas if I'm watching a new TV show, I can find that really confronting because I don't like all TV shows 
and I, I like a particular kind of show and I like the feeling of knowing that characters are familiar. But at the same time, I have an ADHD brain. I find it really difficult to watch shows that are too familiar because we have the five ADHD motivators, which are interest, novelty, challenge, urgency, and passion. And if I've seen it before, it's not so interesting. And personally, I am most motivated by novelty. So I love the familiarity of characters that I already know with the novelty of new episodes or things I haven't watched in a long time. And I don't know if this happens to you, but I think this is um, the consequence of our dopamine working differently. But if I've done something before and I had a really fun time doing it, so like rollerblading is an example. I always have so much fun when I do it. But when I think about it, my brain says, you've done that before. Why would you do it again? It's probably, it was fun. And conceptually, we can understand that it's going to be fun. Sure. But why, why do that again? I can already remember in my head what it was like. And before I knew I had ADHD, I was like, what is wrong with me that I don't feel motivated, I guess. It's that motivation, but I don't feel pulled to do any of the things that I enjoy unless they're like new and novel and fresh, or I haven't done them for like a really, really long time. And same with going to places, like taking my kids to playgrounds and stuff or going for bushwalks. In my head, I'm like, oh, why would I do that again? (laughs) And I'm not going to enjoy it, or I can just experience it in my brain. But obviously when you go and do something you have all the senses and it's completely different. Going for a walk in the bush is always fun. doesn't matter if it's novel to my brain or not. And I get that same thing with food as well. If I think about food in my brain, it's not very appealing. So it's this, it's like the, my brain's reaction to concepts. And I think it's that lack of releasing dopamine in anticipation for things, which is what the ADHD brain does not do um, like neurotypical brains do. But that's that's television. I like using television as a comfort and having a good book on the go. I usually have a good fiction book and a good non-fiction book. I'm just getting back into that at the moment. I'm not really into it because I just don't feel like it. The stuff that I'm going through, um, it's interesting. I don't actively feel a whole bunch of emotions, but I can notice myself and my behavior and the changes and just not doing the things that I enjoyed to do, um, enjoyed to do. That's not proper grammar. Um, but yesterday was the first day in a couple of weeks that I've listened to podcasts and podcasts, and usually I'm listening to them all day. Lately when I've been reading, um, you know, at first I was trying to read and it took me half an hour to read like two double pages, which was absolutely crazy, but I'm still trying and it's good for me to keep those little snippets of routine and those little things that are grounding as well. And obviously being around comfort people, people that you find really comforting or pets or just anything that can, can, like I said, keep you grounded and keep you in those feelings of familiarity while you go through a big change in your life. Mindset is 
another big one and self-talk, the way that we talk to ourselves is going to affect the way that we feel about things. So if your brain is saying, this is big, this is scary, I can't cope with this and you've got those kind of thoughts happening um, either you know more consciously or more subconsciously, you're not going to feel good about it. You're not going to feel capable. Um, they've actually done studies that show the physical changes in the body when you feel like you are helpless versus when you feel like you can help a situation. And when you feel helpless, it actually triggers responses in the body that make you not want to act and unable to act. But when you feel capable, you have more, I don't know about motivation because we're ADHDs, but you are more able to tackle problems you are more um focused on problem solving and you will cope better your body will have less of that stress flowing through it and I don't have the study in front of me but there were a number of changes so just that self-talk can actually affect your physiology which will then affect the way you feel and the way you think and the way you cope with things and the actions you can take so Whatever the change is, if you have that more positive self-talk that I can cope with this, I'm going to accept this, or, or even like this is really difficult but I'm getting through it, then those things will be helpful in helping you get through it. And I'm really glad that I have that attitude. Um, I started working on my thoughts a long time ago, let me just think, 16 years ago is when I first started doing cognitive behavioral therapy on myself. And I actually just kind of, I wasn't studying it at that time. I don't think I knew what I was doing, but I'll tell you the story actually. So I was 14 years old and I was really upset I don't know, over heartbreak or something. And I was sitting with my back against my bedroom cupboard and I was crying and just feeling really sorry for myself, like wallowing in those negative, unhappy thoughts. And then I had an epiphany in the true sense of the word. Everything became suddenly clear. I just, all those thoughts, all those emotions just cleared like like a storm in my mind, just cleared, it just blew away. And I saw myself and what was happening. And I realized I was choosing that in a way. I was choosing my thoughts to do that. I was choosing to be unhappy. And obviously it's okay to feel our feelings and it's important to feel our feelings and not suppress them. But I just had this clarity and I walked to the mirror and I looked at myself and I was all teary-eyed and I just laughed and I thought, I can just choose to let this go and choose to have different thoughts about it and accept what's happening and accept that I don't feel great but not necessarily wallow and pile on these negative thoughts and make myself feel absolutely terrible. And from that point onwards, I started noticing my thoughts. I was more aware of them. I was training myself to be more positive. And I trained myself to do other things too. This is probably 
the start of my personal development journey because I worked on my habits as well. I taught myself to walk with my chin held high rather than staring down at my shoes. And cognitive behavioral therapy can be so beneficial because we all have habitual thoughts and they don't teach you about this in school. They don't teach you that it's a choice. They don't teach you that it's just habitual behaviors. But in the brain, a lot of people just accept that they are how they are and there's nothing wrong with being how you are other than does it feel good? Is it empowering? Are you living the kind of life you want to live and are you feeling the way you want to feel? Are you dealing with change and challenges in the way that you want to deal with them? Do you feel resilient? Do you feel positive and hopeful for the future? All of these things, and these are things that I've been so fascinated with for so long because why do some people have them and other people don't? It's just chance, essentially. It's just what you've been exposed to as you've grown up and the responses that you've had to events in your life. And none of us realize when we're children that there are options and choices as to how to respond. We just go with the first one that happens. When you become more self-aware of your thoughts, then you have this ability to choose. You can't choose your feelings, but you can choose to accept them and you can choose your response to those feelings and your response will dictate how you feel after that. Whether you accept the feeling and allow it to be and allow it to pass like a wave or you exacerbate it and go on this roller coaster, this mental, emotional, even physical roller coaster because our body responds to our thoughts and our feelings. Um, and if you learn to have feelings that are more like the wave and have that choice in your thoughts afterwards, you are empowered in the true sense of the word you have a choice as to how you feel moving forward and as to how you live your life whereas if you just go with the first reaction you're not in control and it's not about control it's about choice it's not about that negative form of like grasping control it's about choice and living the life that you want to and having self empowerment and self-awareness because you are in control of your mind and your thoughts and what goes on in there it's like a big ecosystem your body and your brain your thoughts your emotions they all tie into each other but you can choose almost like how you want to decorate the inside of your mind and what roads you want to build or what rivers you want to carve through your brain because you can change your neurological wiring and it's not to say anything's bad it's just to direct things and it's like city planning like actively designing the city you want to live in rather than just like um using the roads that are already there even if they're not functioning 
well, even if they're causing problems and traffic jams and um, going all willy-nilly and it's chaotic, you can redesign that city. The brain, there we have neuroplasticity. We have these tools that we can do that bit by bit. And I highly recommend it. And it all starts with that self-awareness and allowing and accepting wherever you're at, wherever your feelings are at, wherever your thoughts you are at, you are having and then gently directing them to a better feeling thought that's it in a nutshell obviously it's a complex area but if you can direct yourself to a better feeling thought you will be taking steps towards or taking steps in a positive direction because um, there's a saying by a famous writer, I think. Um, oh, hang on. Okay, so the quote is, If one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavours to live the life which he has imagined, he will meet with a success unexpected in common hours by Henry David Thoreau. And... When I, when I quote that and say, you know, advancing confidently in the direction of your dreams, I just mean moving forward towards the way you want to feel, the place you want to be, the life you want to live, the person you want to be, how you want to feel in this journey called life where you have one choice, uh, one life, one chance in this iteration of your life. And events will unfold before you. And you are co-creating and co-writing this story that is unfolding and external events will happen and you get to choose how you respond to them, how you feel about them, at least some of the secondary thoughts and feelings and how you think about them, how you respond to them and move forward in your life. So that's my podcast episode about dealing with Curveball, curveballs in your life and staying grounded and um, being empowered during difficult times, even when you are neurodivergent and it might be difficult. Mom. So good luck and I will see you in the next podcast episode. Mom.